Today on the show, my guest Lisa Pedersen and I are discussing how to go from scarcity to abundant mindset and how you can fix your relationship with money. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Unhustle Podcast, the only place on the internet showing you a radically different way to think, be, live, and work in a culture addicted to doing. And on Hustle, we rebel against the toxic hustle culture mentality and reclaim our life, well-being, and fulfillment, creating relaxed and sustainable success with alignment, flow, and joy. Thanks for pressing play. Just a quick reminder before we start that we still have space in the Hustle Baja Workshop, May 18th to the 22nd. Go from default living to deliberate living Learn some mindfulness practices, shift your mindset from scarcity to abundance, and invest in your well being, all the while having a ton of fun. There's so much to do in Baja, and there's a reason I have chosen to call this place home. The deadline to sign up is April 18th. Learn more at unhustle.com forward slash retreat. Now, let me introduce our guest for today. Lisa Patterson, CFP, is on a mission to help a million people elevate their financial consciousness. I love that. She's a money coach, business consultant, and author. She's also a host of the Mindful Millionaire podcast. She does virtual workshops as well as deep dive retreats. Maybe we'll partner up with her in the future and bring her as a guest faculty. Her masterful blend of sound financial strategy and mindfulness training helps people break free of patterns of lack, scarcity, and money fears. We all need this, allowing them to finally lead the rewarding, fulfilling, and abundant lives they most desire. She's been featured in Forbes. She's one of 10 women driving growth in wealth management and investing. She has appeared on Gaia Media Network and the Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, The Week, Huffington Post, and has been featured in many podcasts and radio shows. And I'm so grateful that she is giving us today her time, presence, and energy to share with us some practical tips on how you can shift from scarcity to abundance mindset and how to fix your relationship with money. So thank you for tuning into this show. Here's Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming to the Unhustle podcast to share all your wisdom with the Unhustle community. I really, really appreciate your time. I'm so happy to be here. You and I are going to have a fabulous time talking about abundance mindset. I know we touched based a few weeks earlier when we were planning this podcast, and I really want to give people a lot of value from how do they make that switch from scarcity to abundance, which I know a lot of entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs, creative, solopreneurs, um, but also professionals, we deal with this lack mindset and not enoughness and um, scarcity. So I know you're on a mission to elevate financial consciousness, which I love, and restore a healthy and prosperous relationship to money. And so many of us I just had a masterclass, a master, what was it, a, an eight-week really long program. And that was the one topic that kept coming up. And these people are high-level CEOs, leaders, and it's that relationship with money. It doesn't matter how much money you have, you still feel like you don't have enough. So I want to dive into this with you today and ask you some questions, if I may. 
Beautiful. First off, tell me like what inspired you to focus on abundance mindset and to study and turn into a, a business in your expertise? Well, it all started with the fact that I needed this work. I had come from a very scarcity-oriented background. It felt like when I was growing up, we didn't have enough. Um, and as a result of that, and the stress that my parents expressed on a regular basis about money and not having enough of it, it caused me to be very interested in learning how I could have money later in life, including the choices that I made about going to college and ultimately going into financial services. I followed the money. I got an MBA in finance, but I now have worked with people and money in different capacities for three decades. But around 15 plus years into it, I was also engaged in teaching people about mindfulness and meditation practices. And yet I had this job, this very conventional job in finance. I started to notice as the witness to myself and to others that there was a lot more going on than anyone was talking about behind the scenes, you know, in our psyche with money. And I, I really wanted to understand it, not so much from a psychology background, which is very interesting. There are what is called financial therapists out there. Not so much when I first started this, but now, but I wanted to approach it from more of this mindfulness and inner journey perspective that I had been working on for myself. I wanted to, to explore just by asking ourselves questions, could we actually change the way that we felt about money? And that began my work about 14 years ago now that, that led to ultimately writing a book and helping people with this. And the, the short answer is, can we actually change the mindset? Yes. Yes, we can. Mm -hmm. Good to hear. So there's hope for those of us that can um, still need to shift mindset. I am working on this in the moment. And um, just like you were saying, I grew up in a scarcity mindset and we had certain amount of money at home. We had no um, back then in Bulgaria, there was no banking that I can remember. We didn't have credit cards. And so we were living paycheck to paycheck and there was money in the house. When the money finished, we knew there was no money until the next pay paycheck. So um, that has stayed obviously with me. And and now I'm, I'm working on rewiring that mindset, which is why you and I are talking. <laughs> so how do you define an abundant mindset and how is it different? from scarcity mindset? So scarcity is this feeling that we don't have enough. And it's really as simple as abundance mindset is the belief, the conviction that you do have enough, that not only do you have enough, there's more where it came from, that you are far better resource than you can probably imagine. This idea that the potential is there and it's only lack of understanding or the beliefs that we hold on to that come from oftentimes, like you said, way back that cause us to believe in something else. But, but when we turn in the direction of I have enough, we also start to realize that we are enough. And unfortunately, 
it's not just about resources. It's how we feel about ourselves and our own capacity to experience life from a place of joy and fulfillment. They all go together. So abundance is this belief that even if you don't feel it in this moment, you're just one thought away from the potential that you've always been seeking. And until you believe that, it's really hard to leave behind the scarcity. So it comes down to certain limiting beliefs that people would have about this lack of abundance. Is that correct? It's it's beliefs. It's the things that we've been taught in our education system. It's the DNA in our bodies, I think. I mean, there's a reason why uh, people who don't have much often struggle with getting it. And then those who don't have, maybe are born with not very much early in life and go on to create a lot, have a very clear obsession of getting more. But yeah, it starts really early in life. It's all the messages that we're receiving that cause us to believe one way or the other. So why would somebody who has obviously plenty of money in the bank would still think they don't have enough? Yeah, because they've never questioned the assumptions that started early in life. So many times, you know, and I haven't made it like an obsession, but I will say I pay a lot of attention to billionaires, for example, like what causes them to never pause and say, maybe this isn't healthy for myself or for the planet. Like they don't question that. They just want more and more and more. And when I've sat with this for many, many years, it's clear to me that the insecurity of the people that want to have so much more than others runs really deep because the minute you give that up, all you can think about is giving the money away. And we are seeing some billionaires, right, make this pledge, the giving pledge to make sure that they're not dying with that money, that their children aren't inheriting what they see as a burden rather than a potential. But that is a far smaller number than those who are out there just saying more is better. And more better comes from a deep set belief that we are not enough. Very interesting. And so are you saying that you could potentially have a lot of money in the bank and still not have the joy and fulfillment that you're seeking? I would say it's very common. It's more Mm -hmm. common than anyone believes. Because we have a perception that people with money have these amazing lives. And I'll tell you, that just is not true. It just goes, if the scarcity mindset is not questioned, it just creates more fear and uncertainty, regardless of how much you have. It doesn't change. You still feel like the fear underneath it all is present. It doesn't go away because you have more money. And on the other side of that spectrum, if you really don't have enough money and it puts you in the anxiety and overwhelmed state is that an abundance versus scarcity mindset? Or is this just the reality of the situation? You just don't have money. Well, let's face it. If you are struggling to pay your bills, it is very difficult to get out of that hole. Mm-hmm. And there's research about scarcity that when we're obsessed because we don't feel like we have enough, 
we lose a about 13 points in IQ. So all of our decisions are, are affected poorly by this obsession with I don't have enough. And, and it's called tunneling. It happens to our brain. We literally focus on just a few possibilities and that's it. And it's one of the reasons why it's so hard to help people who have been born into poverty to actually change in large numbers, right? Their economic situation. They have been taught one way. They don't know how to question the assumptions. It's all hand to mouth. It's a very fear-based lifestyle to live in. You don't have the time to sit on that meditation cushion and say, oh, what if I just questioned all my assumptions? Like it seems silly, but unfortunately, until we start to pick apart the ways that we believe, uh, the things that we believe and get out of that fear and uncertainty, it's very difficult to change. Mm -hmm. And so is your method, is your way of dealing with the mindset shift through mindfulness? A hundred percent. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Um, So what are some practical steps that people can take listening to this podcast right now? They can say, okay, I think I have a problem with money, with an abundance mindset, with scarcity mindset. What are some practical steps people can take? to do, let's say, today or tomorrow? Yeah. The one thing that's consistently been helpful for people who want to change things is to write, you know, journal, but it's journaling with a purpose. Write down what are your experiences with money. Like, Like take a very clear witness perspective of, what's been going on for you? Like, what does that story look like? And it might be my mom believed this, my dad believed this, my grandparents believed this, I believe this. And just put it down on paper and start to say, oh, I see, this is my money story. You know, an example of that would be, my mom came from money and she was very comfortable spending whatever came in because it felt like it it would never end. My father came from poverty and worked really, really hard. And what I witnessed in my home was my dad worked hard to earn the money and my mom was really good at spending it. And now I've grown up into this person who works really hard and is super scared about spending money because of the suffering that was caused at home growing up and the fights that my parents had for example, like that's your money story. And you're, once you see this story, you start to question like, huh, is that why I'm doing funny things that don't make any sense? Is that why I'm laying awake at night without any way to help myself is I never got any messages that helped me get to the other side of the story to start my own story. The one that I want, not the one that my parents gave me, but the one I want to create. So that first step is just acknowledging you do have a story. It's good to know what it is and where it came from. And that begins kind of turning the shift in in a different direction. You know, I like meditation because we become a better witness to the things that are going on in our lives, but some people don't have that in their lives yet. And so you can start by just writing that story at a very basic level. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So step one, writing the story down. Do we have a step two? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I wrote a book about this and, and I will say that some people write books because they're trying to get people, especially in my line of work as a coach and they're trying to get people to come and work with them. And, and that wasn't my intention of the book. My intention of the book was to create like an eight step process. And I share everything. Like I wanted people to be able to never have to meet me, to never have to reach out, but they could do that kind of step-by-step process that I learned has elements of awakening at every stage along the way. The other thing I'll say is, is I have this weird, even though I've been a certified financial planner, I have an MBA in finance, the, the left brain approach to money is not the most powerful way to change your story. And what I mean by that is like just budgeting and saving money and doing all the things that I was trained did not change my scarcity relationship, you know, to money. I, it was only by looking inside and asking myself questions that I began to change it. And so I needed to understand what I wanted to do was blend together. It's important that we're doing really good stuff practically with our money, but it's also important to have those more insightful, you know, periods of reflection. And I I brought those together in those steps. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. And we'll put a link to the book and I do have your book. It's on my wish list to uh, not wish list, but books to read. (laughs) (laughs) I will read. Um, I just ran out of time before we we wanted to talk. So um, we'll link link to it in the show notes. Do you have some examples of people you've worked with or is that also in the book that you've helped uh, successfully transition from that scarcity to an abundance mindset and and how did they do it? Yeah, there are stories in the book, but uh, I'll give you one example. One of my clients, who's really the inspiration behind the book, she, her story and her sharing it with me allowed me to test out a lot of the concepts that ended up in the book. And her situation was she had come from a home where money was not discussed. There wasn't a lot of it, but it was very disempowering when she looked back to the fact that she hadn't learned about budgeting. She hadn't learned about taking care of money. She hadn't learned about what to do when you have it. And when she got married very early in life, she realized that she married someone who is highly irresponsible with money to the point where he would spend, they had two children and he would spend the money and then they wouldn't have money to like pay the bills. So they would not have electricity. They would not have like water, like really crazy things happened early in her relationship with um, this person. And by the time she got to me, she had created a successful business, but she was always living in debt and deficiency. And so in the course of our work together, not only did she see where these patterns and beliefs had come from way back, but she was able to take responsibility for like, even though these things had happened for me and that I didn't get the education that I needed, it doesn't stop me from opening myself up to being empowered with money. And just that switch, like I can be an empowered person on my own, taking care of all of this and I'm going to be okay. Like 
crazy that sometimes it takes us a while to get that message. But when she did, she was able to go back to her life and approach it from a place of abundance and say, even if I have a lot of debt, even if things aren't the way that I want, I am ready to bring more money into my life. I am ready to be a better steward of money. She started budgeting from those emotional breakthroughs. She started paying close attention through an app called YNAB, tracking her money, both her business and her personal life. And all of a sudden she's like, I have a lot more money than I realized. It no longer slips through my fingers. She started paying off debt. She started consolidating debt. She started making more money in her business because she realized how much everything was approached from this place of lack of worthiness rather than worthiness. And that, that story is very similar for a lot of people. It, we tend to realize that our relationship with money, actually the patterns show up in a whole bunch of other areas of our lives. So even though we're focused on money actually helps us in all these other areas. Now she's in this beautiful relationship. It's very, it's very supportive. She just is so excited about life because now she's just like, anything is possible. I will not live from that, that scarcity oriented way ever again. Beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait to read your book. What happens? You, you, you brought up a couple of things. What was the name of the app again that you mentioned? It's called YNAB or the longer name. You can type in ynab.com or you need a budget.com. You can use it in the US and Canada and also in the UK. And I think they're adding additional countries, but the, it's a, it's a rewiring of how we think about money management. We teach it inside of some of my programs, but they have a ton of free videos and resources that make it really simple. It's like an envelope system that allows you to see how is the money coming in and how does it get allocated so that you start to, um, have this really inflow symbiotic relationship with money. It's absolutely amazing, highly successful when people commit at first, because you're learning something new, it's a little awkward, but if you stick with it, it can pay off and you'll find yourself with a lot more money for savings. For It's based on the premise that you want to be able to spend lavishly on what matters to you and virtually nothing on the things that aren't important. Love it. I'm going to have to track that down and include a link to it as well in the show notes. Great. And you uh, I have a couple of follow-up questions on that story. One is, what if you have scarcity mindset and, and you start doing some of the work, whether it's working with you or reading your book or doing it on your own, and you start to shift that mindset around from scarcity to abundance, but your partner is still in that scarcity mindset. What happens then? Yeah, it's a, such a great question because it, it happens all the time and it's rare that both people are going to be ready to do that work together, maybe earlier in life. I've seen this with people in their 20s or maybe early 30s, but as we get older, we're so set in our ways just because one person is interested doesn't mean both people are. And what I would say is, is first and foremost, you have to get really crystal clear on why you're doing it, why you want to make a change. And you need to be crystal clear in your communication with your partner of why this is so important to you. And the fact that you, even though they may not want to do it, you're not going to give it up. You're making a commitment. 
And for many, in many cases, people really listen when we don't beat around the bush and we're just crystal clear in our commitment to making some changes. If that doesn't work, the second thing I would say is, is focus on your, you doing your work and you doing the changes. And probably within 30, 60, maybe 90 days, they will start to benefit from the changes you're making. And then you can have that conversation again. But when they're receptive, they're like, wow, this is working. All of a sudden we had money to do that thing, but in the past we didn't. I want to have more of this. I like what's going on. I like the changes that are happening. Um, and, and, and then the final thing I'll say is, is even if they get angry or they get upset or they get frustrated with you, your work is going to be on knowing that change is hard and, and having absolute compassion for them because you are just like they were just a few years ago. And the more compassion and love you can have for them, not understanding is actually love and compassion you're having for your, your old self, the one that didn't want to hear it before. Hmm. Very good. Thank you for that. You mentioned that sometimes people don't know, people who have a lot of money don't know what to do with their money. What do you think people are missing? I don't know if it's that they don't know what to do with their money. Like, I think people who have a lot of money, they know what they want. Um, in fact, part of the reason they have a lot of money is because they've been crystal clear with their goals and crystal clear of like what they wanted in this life, consciously or subconsciously. Yeah, let me just give you an example because I just had this discussion with somebody. I just spoke with super bright individual, really smart, um, really well off. He's built a phenomenal business. He's doing great financially. Just went through a divorce. He has five children. And he literally says, I have all the money in the world. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. He, he mm -hmm. loves what he's doing for work, has a great relationship with his children, but that yeah. joy, love, fulfillment, personal fulfillment piece is, is missing. Yeah. So the reason this kind of thing happens is because um, the focus has been on the external world rather than the internal relationship that he has with himself. And many of us find ourselves in this situation, like uh, he's not unlike any of us. Uh, the challenge is, is that we are fed continuously information that tells us that the things that we most want in life are outside of ourselves. They're in the clothes, they're in the cars, they're in the houses, they're in the vacations, they're in the friends that we keep, they're in fame or reputation, like all of that is outside of ourselves and we're drilled that that's what matters constantly. And yet that is not the most important thing in our lives. Like that is a result. I mean, the only way we can appreciate the external is if we have looked inside to know that, that the relationship that we have with ourselves is pure. and true 
and completely aligned. What might that mean? The voices in the back of our head are loving and supportive on a consistent basis that tell us you're doing a good job, keep up the good work. Oh my gosh, you're thinking so much about caring for others because you know how much you love to be cared for. I mean, you know, it's the deep healing that we all help our clients to do in coaching, but many people have not taken the extensive amount of time to know what that even means. And, and, and again, the majority of the time is spent outside of ourselves. And even if we are focused a lot on serving our family and our relationships, what I will say is if you want to upload, up-level your relationships with others, go spend time with yourself and then bring that into the relationships. And you'll find that you actually were just scratching the surface of the potential. I love it, which is why I do a retreat here in Baja to give people a chance to like, come on down, get outside of your routine, get outside of the day-to-day living, get outside of the inbox and disconnect a little bit from technology and reconnect with your inner self. And I think there's so much power. I mean, that's what helped me a lot was that mindfulness journey and looking within and, and going from hustle, 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 hustle. I, I need to work more, do more, you know, going to like, whoa, 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 that's the wrong approach. You know, we need to slow down a little bit. We, you know, peace, that peace and joy and fulfillment and playfulness and wholeness really comes from within. And so I'm so happy to hear that we're on the same page in our thinking here. Have you ever seen somebody go from scarcity to abundance back to scarcity? hundred percent. Yes. And, and I want to just touch on what you just said too, and just say, that's so wonderful that you have devoted your time and your energy and your, all the things that you've learned over the years to create these environments for people to come to, because my experience is, is that time that people come and hang out with you, um, in, in that loving space can change the whole entire rest of someone's life. Like, and I don't know that people understand. And, and what I've seen, and, and I'm guessing you've seen this too, and attending other people's and doing your own, like until you experience it, you don't know. And so you've got many people because they've never done what you're suggesting before. It's hard to get over the hump, but if they can just invest in themselves at one time, they will realize that there's this whole other world of possibility, but you got to try it before you, like your brain is not going to make that decision. And if you're like, does it fit my budget? Like, again, it's your brain. Like you've got to just lean in with your heart and take risks that you, you don't even know what's going to happen. So, so I just had to say that, but yes, people can go backwards. I have gone backwards. It's not that hard. Pandemics tend to cause like the pandemic, you know, thankfully it doesn't happen all the time, but like the pandemic sent me backwards. Like if you get in situations of fear, There is always the possibility that you return back to fear-based patterns. And I think the reason, you know, we do this work is it's like, I want it to be foolproof. Like, I don't ever want to go back. But I think it's not fair if we don't honor the power of fear in our lives. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day. 
And the only thing we can do is just strengthen our tools so that even if we do go backwards, it's only for a short period of time. And then we find ourselves and we can head back in the right direction. Beautiful. I think a life would be boring if it was always abundance at all times, right? You need that contrast. You need to know <laughs> when things are changing. Keep, keeps life a little more interesting. But yes, absolutely agree. Having the toolkit and the practices and the rituals and knowing how to bounce back quickly as opposed to being stuck in that for days, months, years is where the power lies, in my opinion. Um, and And I've seen it with my own work and I've seen it with you know, with simple things in life, just being, being able to say, I know, I know what's going on. I I identify it. Right. I use this acronym train, which is train is for high performance. T stands for like take 10, take 10 seconds, take 10 minutes, just take a pause. Right. And the rain part is an old mindfulness uh, framework. It's like they recognize what's happening. um, Awareness. Right investigate it with curiosity and nurture it. And so that train framework is like, take a pause, take a few minutes, what's going on? Because that fear, we're all dealing with fear of some sort. And yes, I think the pandemic really put a lot of people into that space. And it's still there's still a lot of uncertainty and chaos and recession and economy and all kinds of stuff happening, right? So it's really easy to to put yourself in that fear mindset and that stress and anxiety just causes you to just really shut down. Like to your point earlier, like your brain shuts down. I mean, you can look at neuroscience and say, oh, that's what's happening in my brain and completely understand it. For somebody who wants to be creative, that shuts down my creativity. I call it creative burnout. All of a sudden you're completely pausing, right? You're paralyzed. You, You get into that paralysis state. And I hate being in that state. So for me, what works for me is action. You know, I I deal with fear from a place of action. I also put myself in situations where I experience fear. Like just the other day, it was the scariest thing I've done in a really long time. So scary. I have never been in the ocean like that. But I was in the ocean. I'm learning to wing foil, which on its own is a really scary experience. Because it's this board that you have to balance. It's like you're balancing on a bow and then the the foil rises up. And so you're actually on top of the water. And then you have this kite that you're balancing with your arms. And it's a a magic act. And the people who do it really well, they make it look effortless. They're just having fun. They're just zooming in the ocean. They're having a bow. I am struggling. I'm in like trying to learn phase. Well, the other day was really, really windy and the and there was a really big swell, just really big waves. And a bunch of us decided to do a, a downwinder, which means just going downwind, not trying to go upwind. I can't even stay upwind any, uh, yet. And so I said, okay, I'll join in. And I'm like the little beginner. And it's really hard to keep an eye on people while you're out there because everybody's on their own. So you're on your own. You're in the ocean, the wind, the water, you're on your own. And I looked at the waves and I was like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I here? I just want to get out. I mean, I knew I was um, somewhat okay, that nothing like I'm not going to die out there, but it was scary. And with that fear comes a lot of focus. I had to get out of the waves and I had to like 
give it all and get out of that situation. And it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. It's the same thing with, with, with everything. The funniest thing about that experience is that to me, um, it's a very growth mindset experience. That's why I'm sharing it. Because at the end, we all got together on the beach and everybody's high-fiving each other and everybody's sharing their experience. And even though they were doing circles around me, they looked like they were going effortless and having fun. They were going, this was so scary. I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one. <laughs> so they were all scared. And then we uh, it's a very supportive community. And I think that it's very similar to how entrepreneurship is. You know, we sometimes get get alone we work alone and we think we're alone now they're in the big scary ocean there's waves coming your way and you're going i don't know what i'm doing but we all connected we all have people we can talk to like i reached out to you out of the blue I'm like hey let's talk about abundance mindset right and and then and we we have so much support and so many people that root are rooting for you that you, you don't even know and to me i am getting into that collaborative space of reaching out to people saying, I don't want to do this alone. Let's do it together. Let's do this together. Let's do that together. And that's kind of more of an abundance mindset instead of a competitiveness mindset. That was a lot that I just said, but I just wanted to share oh. that experience with you. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you did. That is such a great example and I could just feel you on that board I don't know if I could <laughs> so have done scary. it wow you're amazing <laughs> you don't have much choice when you're in those situations I like to rock climb and ski and um backpack and I'll get into situations especially I'd say rock climbing where I mean your life is at stake potentially and oh you're like oh can I keep going and I've learned so much about myself, rock climbing, like it just causes me to face my fears and mm -hmm. decide, you know, what are you made of? And it, it, it applies to a lot of different aspects of life. I think it, the persistency of like being in that fearful situation saying, like you said, the focus, I'm going to get mm -hmm. focused and I'm going to keep going. Oh, Wow. So in a way, using your fear to bring your A game is where I was going with that, you know, because a lot of times we get into this fearful situation, whether it's money or moving or pivoting a career or, you know, or starting a business. And there's so many fears in there. And a lot of them are because of scarcity mindset and sometimes action, even moving your body, even that feeling of moving your body, like rock climbing, you get so focused on that. Um, that you're dealing with all the um, chemicals in your body in a different way and that and that starts to create some action and clarity comes through that action and then you're just in that moment from a mindfulness perspective right you get present so um, I see mm -hmm. a lot of similarities between active leisure and sports that require your skills and challenge and then how you go through life and so when I talk about that flow state from a leisure perspective is where I like to tell my people to explore with that because like rock climb, climbing, it does require you to, to get to know yourself and know your limits and push your limits. But it's easier to do the same when you sit on the computer after that. Have you found that mm -hmm. to be true? Mm -hmm. Oh, very much so. I wouldn't be here in 
doing what I'm doing or writing the book and putting myself out there continuously, if I hadn't developed enough confidence in myself that I could handle all the different situations that come. And, and I think that that's the most rewarding part of we invest in real estate and and we take risks and and sometimes those risks don't don't look so good. We get into them and we're like, oh my gosh, we've made a mistake. We made we didn't understand that somebody was trying to deceive us. Like so many different situations have occurred over thirty years of investing, and I think they all go together. But where we put ourselves in more risky situations where it might not work out the more we grow as human beings and we don't have to do them all, but I think it is important if we want to be growing and, and expanding that we find some areas where we can take some risk and we watch ourselves because that's the only way that the true sense of confidence is going to be curated. We're not going to just be confident because we just did something and it worked. We're going to be confident because we did something, it didn't work. And yet we stayed with it and then turned something that could have been a mess into a beautiful, you know, successful story or not. Sometimes they don't, and we still learn from them. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly what I was leading um, our conversation to is like the failure, the, the, the fear of failure factor. And I just think, especially in America, we're so trained to not fail, can't fail. And how else are you going to learn? How else am I going to learn wing falling unless I fall, I don't know, a thousand times in the water? I can't just step on the board and say, I'm good. You know, I'm <laughs> going to have to fall a lot of times on my face, on my butt, on all of it, right? And still do it, still get up and do it. And then you just start, eventually start to fall less and less and less and less. It's the exact same thing, right? So, yeah. I think that's why it matters so much, though, that you understand why you're doing things because. I had skied for much of my life. I brought some, some friends came to visit me in Tahoe. We all decided to do snowboarding for the day and take like lessons. And it was the most miserable experience. And I was like, I love skiing. Like I don't need to be a snowboarder too. I had hurt. I took me weeks to better because of how many times I had hit my, this, my spine, the back, you know, the lower spine in your head. And I was like, that's not my thing. I have no reason to show up to it. But if, so it's like, know your why, know why you're doing it. And then, and then, and then hopefully there's passion associated with it. Cause I think failing when it didn't matter is not all that satisfying, but failing when you're like, this means something to me. It's great. Cause you'll keep going. Yeah, I agree. I had a very similar miserable experience in Lake Tahoe. You know, I lived there for 25 years, the exact same experience. I had one day on the snowboard, decided to go to the top of the mountain. And then by the time I was at the bottom, I was like, I can't fall one more time. I'm going to screw. <laughs> and so I haven't been on the snowboard since, but that was just, that was my ego thing. I can teach myself how to snowboard, right? So yeah, I'm not advising that at all. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just stupidity. But um, yeah. Knowing your why is a, is a good reason to. And returning back to, to that why and finding that joy, because sometimes there's a lot of conversation around purpose, but if you're doing something that you feel you, it's your purpose, but then you're not finding the joy in doing it, then it just turns into a grind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's totally true. So um, I think I asked you 
everything I wanted to ask you, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to add in? Well, this, I mean, conversation has been really interesting. I think that, that there's so much potential that each of us have. And, and I love the idea that people take a moment to think about the relationship that, that they have with money because I'm going to make an assumption and people can prove me wrong like all day long. I want to hear it, but I'm going to make an assumption that there is something inside of every single person's relationship with money that holds us back in some way, shape or form. And so if you're willing to look inside of it, there's a good chance you're going to find a place that you've been staying in your comfort zone and you're ready to drop it and go outside so that you can live more fulfilled. You can create more of what you want. You can have more fun in life, which is, you know, so much of, of, the the journey that I think all of us are wanting to have more fun fun freedom and creativity these are my three things <laughs> yay thank you so much for your time I really really appreciate it where can people get in touch with you learn more connect with you do some coaching thank you yeah the best place to go would be wealthclinic all one word dot com if you want to get the first chapter of the book, get a meditation uh, about moving from scarcity to abundance. You can get that for free by going to wealthclinic.com forward slash vision. Um, but you'll learn all kinds of stuff about me at that site. And it's a great place to start. And what's coming next for you, let's say the next year? I am pivoting. I am actually in the process of closing down a lot of different aspects of my business so that I can travel and speak and play. I, I'm in this mode of play. We're going to be empty nesters in a couple months here uh, for the first time in 26 years. So bring it on. I'm ready to Congratulations. and enjoy life. <laughs> well, uh, you're welcome to come down to Baja and play with me. And Yay. maybe there'll be some winging involved, wing foiling involved if you want to try wow. that but there's <laughs> so much to do here that uh, that's play it's a big playground so yeah if you want to come come down and uh, i can't wait to uh, to follow your journey and, and see what um, develops for you for you next thank you so much i really really appreciate your time thank you thanks everyone thank you so much for tuning into this podcast i hope you got a lot of value from this show Connect with us at unhustle.com and get the free Unhustle Rebels magazine with strategies, tools, science-based tips, and mind-shifting perspectives to rebel to live and work well. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review and share it with someone who needs to unhustle. Tag us on social media. You'll find me everywhere at Unhustle. Let me know your biggest takeaway from this show. Be well, do good, and most of all, stay unhustled. And remember to check out unhustle.com forward slash retreat and grab your spot right now before they're all gone and come play with us in Baja. It's going to be so much fun. Do the inner work that you never have time to do and find the clarity to do what matters most. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next show.